Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate about standing up for all Canadians. Canadians. The Roy Green Show continues. I've seen a couple of emails asking me, what do you think is going to happen at the Super Bowl? I've said very little about it. I actually said nothing about the Super Bowl. Because my feeling is the people who are interested in the Super Bowl, are really interested in it, are either listening to stuff about the Super Bowl or watching it now. So I don't know what I wasn't going to say very much. But uh, I'll tell you this. It's really simple. And I tweeted this the other day. You've got the best quarterback of the century lining up against a backup quarterback. End of story. End of story. Last time I said that. Actually, you know what's interesting? It was it was um, a number of years ago. Remember the great Northeastern blackout? It was maybe 15 years ago. And I said at the end of the show that day, I said, well, nothing's going on. Nothing ever happens. Nothing's happening these days. It's really boring. Nothing, nothing, nothing's happening. And it was, I think, seconds after I said that, all the lights went out. All over the northeast of North America. So, I don't know, Brady may let me down. A massive child sex abuse case involving a former doctor for the U.S. national gymnastics team He was also a doctor for other gymnastics organizations, has concluded. Larry Nasser is the convicted sexual abuser of hundreds of girls, and he's been sentenced to up to 175, between 40 and 175 years in prison. And the day before yesterday, one of the fathers of three of the girls that Nasser abused tried to attack him in the courtroom, and I fully understand that. Certainly something I would have tried as well, and most dads would. He was restrained, and the judge, who has obviously no no time for Nasser, has made that very clear, said, there's no way I'm going to charge this father for having done anything wrong. Anyway, it got me to thinking about, and the whole Nasser situation got me to thinking about, what is likely to happen to this individual, or what potentially could happen to him in prison, because he'll be going to a maximum security institution, I would think. And there is the inmates code that exists in in prisons. And we did some shows from uh, Canadian prisons. We did one from Joyceville with the inmates committee and another one at Workworth. And at Workworth, it was 75% of the inmate population of the time were sex offenders, and the other 25% were short-timers. And the thinking was that the short-timers who were going to get out very soon were not going to take any uh, physical action against the sex offenders because they didn't want to get any additional time in prison. That was Correctional Service Canada's thinking. 
And when I did the show inside Joyceville, and we sat in the warden's boardroom with the inmate committee, just uh, the engineer and I, and I remember asking them, the uh, the inmates committee, and that was at the time that Clifford Olson was making a lot of news. And Olson, of course, was guilty of serial murder of Canadian children in British Columbia. And I asked the inmate committee what would happen to Clifford Olson if he were placed into the general population of Joyceville Prison that day. And the inmate committee chairman said he would be killed. It was that simple, that straightforward. He would be killed. And one of the reasons that was given was we're in prison now. And we can't look after our families. We can't protect them. So what we do is when somebody like Olson comes into, is put into our midst, then we take action according to the inmate code. Lee Chappelle joins me on the, the Roy Green Show. He spent many years in Canadian prisons, including in three maximum security prisons. He's the, uh, the head of Canadian Prison Consulting. And Mr. Chappelle, while he was in prison found that he had an ability to also advise others and, uh, and be a, uh, an advisor and a mentor to men who were in, in prison. And uh, that's turned into a very successful business reality for him. Lee, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon. So when uh, Larry Nasser is taken to prison, when he leaves the courtroom and he go- goes to prison, the prison yeah. he's going to be in, uh, he's, is, he a, is he definitely a marked individual? Well, one would think, I mean, when we look back historically through other uh, unsavory, egregious cases, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer comes to mind, um, you know, a variety of people along those lines. They're, they're typically, I don't believe any harm will come to him. I believe he'll be put into a super maximum solitary confinement for the, for the balance of his life. And that's essentially how the system would deal with somebody of that, of that nature. So he, which, which goes against the grain of pushing for absolute um, restriction on solitary confinement, but nonetheless, there's a case where it applies. Okay, but for as far as the offenders, the inmates in the prison is concerned, if they have an opportunity to get at him, they will. If they did, they would for sure. But they call that good order of the institution, and that's that's the administrators of the of the prison. Um, and, and ultimately, they're aware of this. They're very cognizant, just as you and I are. Uh, and so, therefore, he's not going to be um, reachable. And Dahmer, in that case, there was actually some sort of, um, uh, let's say, internal mistake that allowed him to, to surface, and he was killed as soon as he, as he did. Uh, but there was a lot of um, reaction to that. And, and so I, like, I'm confident that Nasser will be in solitary for the balance of his, mm-hmm. of his natural life. There was also Joseph Fredericks uh, in Canada, who was a sociopathic homicidal pedophile, and uh, and and he was killed in prison. But again, as you say, it's 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 the rare occasion when that happens. But he'll be yeah. he'll he'll obviously they'll make it known to him what they think of him. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. When you talk about Clifford Olson, there's somebody who spent the rest of his natural life in solitary. Um, and I believe he lobbied in all kinds of different ways to come out. And if he did, it would be, he would have been coming out to his death. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I, I don't 
I ha- I'm hard pressed doing this. I hate bringing up their names and putting their names into the light of day. But you know, people like Paul Bernardo and Clifford Olson and, and Colonel Williams, etc. They are locked up in solitary, and they're there and they're protected for that very reason. The Correctional Service of Canada doesn't want to have to answer to the murder of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have prisons, like you've mentioned, Workworth and Bowdoin and, and places throughout Sprinkled that are now uh, highly populated with sex offenders. And you're right, there are short-timers mixed in with them. But beyond that, uh, there, there was a zero tolerance put into Canadian prisons in the mid-'90s that tried to abolish protective custody. That didn't work. Um, in the high securities, but it did in the lower security. So essentially, if you couldn't live with somebody or coexist with somebody who was a sexual offender, you were going to be the one who was going to be locked up. And that was kind of the, the, the approach they took because the, the numbers were growing and they weren't able to sustain protective custody. Is the uh, prison system uh, a real mess? Is it a mess? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Roy, just to be fair, yeah. <laughs> It's a microcosm of societal times. It's like morals versus moras. And, and you know, um, morals refer to how we should act. Morals are, you know, how society does indeed act. And, you know, dating back to biblical times, morals, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. static, right, right and good, right and wrong, you know, and, and that's very clear. Today, uh, when I look, I started serving time in the mid-'80s, and when I went in, it was very clear. If you were a sexual offender, you were... Put into protective custody. No, no question about it. Um, having said that, there weren't forums like Google to check out people. We would have uh, newspapers coming into the prisons and the jails so that we could follow. Uh, there was guys that tracked constantly to see who was coming in and know what they were coming in for. But there was there was a very clear line there, and I would say Canadian prisons were more of a homogeneous makeup at that time, and, and things have, have shifted considerably. It's, it's more of a challenge today. You know, it's interesting you say that. When, when, when we went to, uh, to uh, Joyceville to do the program, they gave us the media tour, of course. Yep. All right, and we're walking down a hall, and it was laundry day, and walking toward us are all inmates, offenders with their laundry bags. And yep. I remember the engineer looking at me and saying, these, they, they look like my uncle, my dad, my, my brother, <laughs> right? The, 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 the guys that were scariest looking were the guards. That's, yep. That was the comment that was made. So it, it really was a homogeneous sort of um, collection of people. Uh, let, let me take a quick break. I want to come back and then ask you, I looked at your frequently asked questions page, okay. and it kind of looks like what people were going to prison for the first time might be asking you, and then we'll ask you what, uh, what you're doing, actually what you do at Canadian Prison Consulting, and you can find it online, CanadianPrisonConsulting.com. We'll come back with Lee Chappelle on The Roy Green Show in just a minute. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show. Ever since the uh, Patrick Brown debacle, there's been national attention paid to the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party's search for a leader because June 7th is the provincial election and they're going to have to have the leader in place and will by mid-March, according to the party. So we spoke earlier with Doug Ford, who's running for the leadership, and uh, in a few minutes' time, Christine Elliott will join us. She's also running for the leadership of the party. She was an MPP for a number of years and her 
husband was Jim Flaherty, the uh, Canadian finance minister federally, who did such a fantastic job with Canada's finances, particularly during the Great Recession. Lee Chappelle is my guest, CanadianPrisonConsulting.com, and we're talking about uh, life inside Canada's prisons. And I started getting curious about that with uh, Larry Nasser, and then we had our own experiences with our programs that we did inside uh, prison. Specifically, uh, Lee, what's the? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, Lee, what's the? Uh, what's What's the objective of Canadian Prison Consulting? Are you talking to the people who are going in for the first time, and or, or what? Who's your client? Well, it's wide ranging. We have clients, uh, some some from the states. We have private clients that are facing incarceration, and and typically, yes, for the first time, uh, I would say ninety high ninety percent of of my clients are, are first time in trouble, first time facing criminal and incarceration. We also work training governments, uh, doing various uh, training engagements. I've spoken at the Senate as an expert on mental health in prisons. So it's, it's a, it's a wide-ranging. Uh, I'm looking more towards the big-picture stuff as much as I can mm-hmm. and training and working with governments to try to improve our, our correctional system right now. But we have a, a, fair, a fair private caseload that we maintain at all times. So I'm looking at the FAQ page, Frequently Asked Questions, and I see... Uh, going to jail for the first time, assault, rape, locked-in cell, bathroom and showers, visitors, guards, ratting, friends in jail, solitary confinement, the whole gangs, who, uh, what and who will be in my cell, and there's about another seven or eight yeah. questions. The basics. The basics. So which are the ones that, that are your most frequently asked about and what are the answers? Well, I take an approach, you know, I work with, with, the, with, when it comes to prepping clients, I don't take on every client. A, prerequis- a prerequisite for me, Roy, when I work with somebody is I, I believe firmly in the cornerstones that worked for me, that, that, that enabled me to extricate myself from the system after, you know, I was born to the Children's Aid Society. I went into foster care. I, long story short, I was, I was an idiot for a long time in my life. I stole, I, was in, I had addiction issues. And, and I failed repeatedly. What worked for me was ownership, accountability, insight, remorse, um, and, that, and that's prefaced with acceptance and forgiveness for me to, to, to finally manage to get my way out of there. So when I work with people, they need to take ownership. Uh, and if they don't, I don't work with them. Uh, my, my focus is on them working towards insight as to what brought them, keeping the focus on their crime and what brought them to where they are. So that, yes, they're prepared to do time, but more importantly, not only to do the time, but to come out and not go back. And, and so that's, that's a big part. And, yeah, the questions that are, are always the fearful questions of, you know, will I be raped and, and how, does, how does everything work? From So I walk people visually right from the moment they're in a courtroom, the sentence is rendered, and they're brought down to the bullpen, which is in the basement of every courtroom. Uh, and that's where you start your custody. And you're brought to the most local, uh, closest um, detention center. So in Hamilton, that would be Barton Street. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot of things that I impress upon my clients, there's no cookie cutter approach. It's uh, watch, listen, and learn. I ask them not to ask questions and not to center themselves as a newbie, as a green person who doesn't know. Um, I tell them that the bailiffs right at the beginning, right through to the correctional officers upon arrival at the correctional center, uh, are going to share whatever information they're going to share with them without prompt. So just wait. 
Um, also, when it comes to things like routines of showers, phone calls, uh, those sort of things, you know, watch, listen, and learn. Every range and every jail within a range uh, or every range within a jail runs through a different beat. Our code has, inmate code has, has evaporated for the most part over the course of the last 20, well, 10 years, certainly. So it, it, it's nuanced everywhere you go. And I, and I believe my approach is always watch, listen, learn, don't stand out. Do everything you can to show savvy beyond your years. But also do your own time and keep the focus on you. Don't fall into subculture because that's a slippery slope. And when I was a young man, that's what happened to me. I, I ended up um, going from a broken you know, uh, upbringing to jail for the first time at 16. And I found a sense of family and belonging there. And that was uh, the beginning of a long road for me. I've heard that uh, I've heard that quite a few times. In fact, a, a friend of mine who uh, spent a lot of time in prison, and I mentioned mm-hmm. his name to you, and you, you knew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said to me, uh, it was the family I, it became the family I didn't have, became the brothers I didn't have. Yep, and that's, that's a slippery slope, and that's one that I, I try to protect against. Uh, you know, keep the focus on what's out here, and most of the people I work with have strong family support, have a lot of community support. And, and that's where the focus needs to, to remain. And not only that, but beyond not just making through prison, but coming out and not returning to it is the real goal that, that, that we employ. It was uh, startling to find out, you know, this goes back maybe 20 years, but the recidivism rate at that time was 75 to 78 percent. So three yep. quarters of the men who were in prison were going back. Yep. Yeah, I failed many times. I... I um, I began my sentence with two years less a day, and by the time I finished, I served 20 years, 11 months, and 13 days. And, and I can point to many, many reasons from complacency to frustration to entitlement to, you know, a lot of different things that, that, that took me down throughout the course. I always wanted to change, but it took me a long time to realize um, that making change was a heck of a lot different than wanting to, make, wanting to change. Yeah. And it was tough. It was a, it was a tough transition for sure. You become accustomed. Well, you've, uh, you've, you've but, I'm sorry. You have a thriving business, and yep. uh, you've you've changed your life, developed your life. I thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing the information. Uh, it's well, it's it's a it's fascinating, and it's also important. And I'm sure there are parents who are listening, and they know their kids are maybe in trouble, and it gives them something to to maybe point at. CanadianPrisonConsulting.com. Lee Chappelle. Thanks, Lee. All the best. Thank you, Roy. Same to you, sir. Thank you. Lee Chappelle. Uh, We'll have him back or ask him to come back for sure. When we come back, Christine Elliott will join us. She's thrown her hat into the ring for the leadership of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party as the party tries to hold on to its polling support. Polling still shows them favorites to form a majority government, even though at the moment they don't have a leader. And that election is on June the 7th.